0: More than 30 years ago, Pastor Mark Little said yes to life, although a gunshot wound to his right leg tried to prove otherwise. Now, through his work as a lawyer, pastor, political commentator, advisor, businessman, he teaches others how to say yes to life as well in more, in more ways than one, as you'll find out soon. Mark is the president of Cure America Action, which exists to advocate for life in the womb and to promote messages of Christianity, capitalism, and the Constitution throughout the nation. Uh, his bio is really too long for me to read all of for, today, but he's a leader in policy, civic engagement, economic development, and education. But mostly, Mark is a fierce defender of the least of these. I think this time is going to bless you. Buckle up. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. (laughs) Mark, thank you so much for joining the show today, brother.
1: Brother, I am so happy to be with you. I'm happy to be here because I see what the Lord is doing in your life and in your mm-hmm. ministry, and you are a blessing to the nation.
0: Well, you you bless our church and, and me more than you know, um, and that's, that's why I re- reached out to you initially. I was aware of you for some time, but I was out of town, as I often am, Just a week and a half ago when you shared with us at Godspeed Calvary Chapel, and I was so bummed that I was out of town um, because you brought a really powerful message. Uh, And I want to dive into some of that, but I just want people to learn more about you. You're such an important voice. Well, you have been for a long time, but increasingly at what I'm calling a propitious moment. This is a Kairos moment for the church and for America, and voices like yours are so important um, and you've been ministering to pastors and shepherds and trying to wake up the church for a long, for a long time, and that's very much my heart as well because I think that the church is a sleeping giant in America and the most powerful organism for change in the world yeah. if we would wake up and, like you, care more about truth than our own reputation. Uh, but why don't you share with us, Pastor Mark, about um, your story, your life, how God brought you to where you are um, because I think some of my listeners who have become a little bit more recently awakened politically mm-hmm. might not know some of the voices who have been contending in that sphere for so long. So if for some, whatever strange reason they haven't heard of Pastor Mark Little, yeah. I want them to now. So I love sh- it. share your testimony with us. Wow.
1: Um, you, you, you said a couple of things, and, and I'm going to try to answer it in a cogent stream of consciousness. <laughs> um, uh, but the first thought that comes to mind for me, Seth, uh, before I get into my testimony, is the is division within the body of Christ hmm. around race.
0: Yeah.
1: And, 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 and I just don't traffic that way. And hmm. so I talk to pastors, right. I talk to leaders, uh, and I'm talking to them to walk in their anointing hmm. and to understand that there is no separation between what they preach and what they're supposed to be pushing against in the culture. Amen. And so many are sitting on their hands hmm because they actually believe that there is a separation of church and state, and there is not.
0: The Johnson Amendment lie. Exactly.
1: And so, uh, but in addition to that, we're seeing more of our white evangelical brothers take a hold of of that awareness, but our black pastors are holding on to the Johnson Amendment. Mm. And so I find my calling right now uh, Mm. to be in large measure telling them that they have been taught all wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And and how to do that lovingly without it being a rebuke Uh, has become, you know, really the challenge for me because, Difficult for me. yeah, <laughs> I, 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 don't wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to separate myself from them. Yeah, burn I want to. I want to love them. To being able to stand and speak the truth so so that's a part of my testimony
0: well there's some white evangelical major pastors that i'd love to get you at their table with this
1: i'd love to i'd love to talk to john piper now now that we have what's happening in afghanistan i would love to hear him and hear at least we don't have any mean
0: tweets right pastor mark at least we have civility back we have civility (laughs) uh,
1: but we've got people that are left behind now And, and our reputation is soiled all around the world, yeah. and, so, and so that is a charge for me. But, but to get to your question, uh, uh, after being shot and losing my leg and going through the journey in Los Angeles right. uh, and, and really coming to a realization of what's happening in the culture, an 18-year-old black uh, uh, crip shot me, I lost my leg. Wow, uh, and, how old and, were you at the uh, time? I was 22, okay. <clears throat> and Seth, I, was, I, was, uh, I had just finished uh, uh, clerking for a federal judge, Judge okay. Robert Takasugi, okay. in downtown Los Angeles in the in the in the district court. Uh, and I would do motion hearings and and, and I would submit my rulings and, and my rulings would follow the law.
0: Right.
1: So A plus B plus C equals D, or <laughs> one plus two plus three equals, you know, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and they would laugh at me. And I said, well, why are you laughing? And they would say, because all of your Uh, All of your opinions are conservative. I didn't know what that meant at Hmm. 22 years old, Seth. Wow. Unlike you who was raised in a a culture with a strong mom uh, who understood issues of life and understood ideology. Yeah. I I didn't understand ideology. It's so important. We can come back to that. But understanding ideology because we're now faced in the culture with an ideology that's rooted in Satanism. Yeah. And so if you don't understand ideology uh, and you're just following sort of uh, the crowd, yeah. you don't know what you're following. So ideology right. is important. That's right. And so I was awakened to ideology because of that experience with Judge Takasugi. Wow. And out of that came an awakening for me and, who, and with my girlfriend then who became my wife in 1994. We had dated for almost nine years <laughs> from the time I was shot to wow. the time we got married. Wow, okay. And so we had a journey. Yeah. And we decided what was important to us. And you would love this. You would love this. The first thing we discussed was the issue of life. Mm-hmm. We had never discussed it wow. as two people dating. Right. And so this moment woke us up. And, and I said, OK, so we need to understand the issues and, yeah. and then decide how we uh, feel about them. Not feel, how, what we believe about them. Yeah. Emotions is what gets us in trouble. <laughs> that's right. And so to make a long story short, uh, we, 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 we prioritized what was important to us. Yeah. Life was at the top of the list. Wow. And in this season, the Republican Party clearly was the party that supported, yeah. by and large, our position. Yeah. And so that's how I got to where I was. And then I wrote a book. Okay. I wrote a book called The Prodigal Republican, Faith in Politics.
0: A little on the nose. I love it.
1: And that began, that began the journey of what you just described yeah. to your viewers, right. of being a voice. Right. I described for black folks mm-hmm. how we were all Republican right. coming out of Reconstruction, and how we're now, 98% of us are Democrats, right. and why. Right. And that began the journey. I can talk on and on and on, but Was go ahead. Was there a moment
0: for you where you began to realize that benchwarming Christianity or sideline watching was no longer an option, or was it more of a gradual yeah. realization of, of your responsibility and yeah. calling?
1: I'll tell you, that's a great question. It was, it was a gradual movement because the Lord moved me from being a lawyer mm-hmm. into operating one of the largest churches in Southern California.
0: Yeah, tell us about that. A lot of people don't know that. Part the of largest
1: your story. black church uh, other than West Angeles, a Church of God in Christ, uh, Faithful Central Bible Church. It's the church that bought the forum where the Lakers played. Wow. So we bought that, not as a church, but as a as a ministry mm. uh, to the community and to wow. the entertainment community. Wow, community. We bought it, $22.5 <coughs> million. Dollars, and I became the chairman of the board of the church mm. and the chief operating officer of both the for-profit that owned the forum, and I was the COO and general counsel of the church. Wow! But here's why that's important. Uh, uh, By the grace of God, and really by his sovereignty, he led me from just being a practicing lawyer in California, Mm -hmm. doing entertainment transactions and litigation work, to being a a point in the community politically. Hmm. Maxine Waters had to come through me. (laughs) Oh, goodness. And and all of the politicians, Kamala Harris, had to come through me. And so the Lord moved me from being a lawyer to being a community builder. Wow. And I don't like the term community organizer, because sure, sure, it sure. has a, a naughty term, <laughs> yeah. a naughty connotation. Yeah. So I became, I became a community builder with, with a political entree. And so to your question, mm-hmm. Seth, I began to see my associates. I can't call them friends, but I know most of the black um, legislators in Sacramento. Okay most of them, and they've all moved around now, some of supervisors and so sure. forth. But I saw all of this legislation coming against life, yeah. coming against crisis pregnancy clinics, favoring Planned Parenthood, right. and coming against the church, churches who were not, obviously were nonprofits, right. but if you had a education component, they wanted to take your funding. Mm. Wow. And so I began standing up, because I saw these things in the political action ministry and government relations reported through me. Right. And so I began to stand up, and I began to pay attention. I began to make sure that the church understood these intended and proposed policies and these laws. Right. Right. And I went up to Sacramento one time, and someone said to me, and I had gotten a whole busload load of folks from six churches wow.
0: awesome.
1: to Caravan to Sacramento. <clears throat> And they said to me in Sacramento, the church never shows up. What are you doing here?
0: Right. Wow, even back then? Huh?
1: To your question, this wasn't so long ago, 2016 yeah. or so. What are you doing here? Mm. That was a wake-up call wow. beyond yeah. what I realized. Yes. I knew that we weren't doing that in large numbers, yeah. but I didn't know that we weren't doing it at all. Yeah. And so I began to understand. Why California, out of Sacramento, Latin word, sacramentum, was so decayed because the church yeah. had stopped showing up. That's right. Yeah. And I began to tell people, when the church stands up, Satan sits down.
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: And that bill that we went and, led and, and worked against, I believe it was uh, AB 1174, okay. something like that. They were pulling money from uh, any nonprofit with a christian code of conduct wow and it didn't pass wow. because the church stood up now you can google it right now mark little sacramento and you'll hear one of the legislators chief of staff who didn't understand what he was doing mm-hmm. misquoting what i was saying when i was up there wow. he went on my voicemail and cussed me out <laughs> i mean really cussed me out right and I said, enemy, I'm not afraid of you. Mm. And I put that voicemail on the internet. <laughs> awesome. Now, here's why I tell that part of the story. Yeah, yeah. This is really important for people who are listening. When we stand up, we're going to get opposition. When we stand for life, uh, which is, by the way, a stronghold from the enemy, from the pit of hell. That's right. uh, and it goes back to child sacrifice and the significance of blood and That's all right. of that. When we stand up against these things, we're going to be attacked. That's right. And so when I went up to Sacramento and stood against, yeah. and I had that encounter with that chief of staff, yeah. here's what happened. He was exposed and he called me and he said to me, he said, Pastor Little, I mean, he misquoted me. I never used Leviticus. I mean, it was just horrible, wow. the things that he said. But when we stand up against the culture, See, see, God's ultimate goal is to win souls for the kingdom.
0: Amen.
1: That's his ultimate goal. That's right. And if we stand up and we stand in that gap of darkness mm-hmm. and we say, here I am, Lord, how do you want to use me? Yeah. That chief of staff called me and he said, Pastor Little, he said, my children heard that voicemail. He said, he said, Pastor, he said, my mother heard that voicemail. Ooh. He said, I, I have to ask you something. He says, I need you to forgive me. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. And there was a moment for reconciliation. He knew he was wrong. Yeah. But, but I could have been angry. I could have been like some of our activists that say, No, not only am I not gonna forgive you, I'm not gonna forgive you until you do this and so. (laughs) It wasn't about policy. No cancel culture. It was about humanity. That's right. And about showing the love of Christ.
0: Yeah, amen. Whoa. That's a bomb, Mark. You know, I think if I if I were to paraphrase what you just said, I would simply say this, that when you stand for truth because God Himself is truth. It's a, fragrance aroma. it's a fragrant aroma. Yeah. Uh, a fragrant yeah. aroma. Yeah. And so even in a culture of death that is so inverted and upside oh, down yeah. that we call tearing the limbs off of children reproductive ah. justice, there will be a segment of the society that is drawn to that aroma. Yeah. Because truth is self-evident, to quote our founders. That's it's right. intoxicating. That's right. That's right. And scripture tells us that eternity is actually written on the heart of man. Yeah. And so we can't help but acknowledge truth when we see and hear it. Because yeah. we come from God. We've been created by That's God. Right. And so there's a God-shaped hole in all of our Absolutely. hearts. Be- because we've, we've torn out truth. Jesus yeah. is reality. And now we, yeah. we've inverted reality in this sort of leftist, post-Christian, uh, you know, idealized utopia where the only true justice is equity, where we all look the same. Um, yeah. If, if yeah. anything's a false gospel. Yeah. I would think it would be that. Equal results. That's right. But I I love what you said about Mm. the power of of ideology, Mm. the power of worldviews, because ideas have consequences, and bad ideas have victims. Mm -hmm. And people tend to work out the logic of their positions through their choices. But as you and I know, most individuals, if you challenge them, what's your worldview? What do you believe about Mm. human nature? Where do we come from? What is truth? How do we determine what truth is? What if my truth says your truth is a lie? Is it still true? How do we access truth? You ask people these questions. Most people can't give you an explanation of the foundational premises that they're operating off of, but their choices reveal what premises they're operating operating off of, and the worldview that they've adopted. Even if they can't put a name to that that's worldview, right. we can. It's called secular progressivism, secular humanism, or
1: relativism. Yeah. Right. Or if we were yeah.
0: to get more spiritually precise, yeah. um, Satanism. That's right. Right. For the serpent says in Genesis that's three, "Ye shall be as gods. You right. can become your own god." And so I think this is something that the church doesn't realize, broadly speaking,
1: in America, is
0: the power of ideas, the power of worldview. So here you are, standing for truth in the public square, representing he who is truth... And it's a fragrant aroma. And and, and God used that to bring about repentance, reconciliation, and then, of course, hopefully reconciliation with himself so that people begin advocating for what God stands for, for what he requires us to stand for. So given that, Mark, what are some of the ideas, foundational premises, and worldviews that you have seen the church, the shepherds, the leaders absorb without being aware that they've absorbed them. Because we've seen some of our Christian leaders and pastors operating off of premises that we would say couldn't be more antithetical to a Christian worldview, but they're still calling it the gospel. They're still calling it Christianity. So, Mark, as someone who's contended in the public square for so long and been faithful to God first, help our listeners understand what are some of those worldviews that have syncretized with Christianity that... That we need to be able to call out in our leaders and pastors.
1: That is, a you, know, you, you I got to tell you, you should have your own show. <laughs> <laughs> Great questions, I love it. Uh, that is a beautiful question, and the and the first response I have uh, is is the is the fight uh, for justice uh, with respect to racism in America, mm-hmm. uh, and and their problem, and it's and it's across ethnicities, right. white and black specifically. Race has become an idol. Mm. It's become an idol. You say, what are the things that they're lifting up and they don't really know that we have now lifted race as an idol mm. under the guise of social justice. Right. Compassion. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is that we've gone far far afield because social justice came out of Christianity. Hmm. And social justice means helping the poor. Yeah. Now it becomes, and it, and, and, it, and it sort of moves its way uh, through a uh, uh, liberation theology and critical race theory, right. uh, and, and, and the, and the uh, sort of the sharing and the spreading of wealth, right. taking from others and giving to, pulling down dominant culture. Uh, that's the, what undergirds right. what has become racial justice. And it's really not about race. Mm-hmm. But they, are, uh, they, we, are able to use race mm-hmm. as the hook. Right. Because nobody wants to be a racist. Yeah. yeah mostly. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the last word for original sin.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Because they have no understanding of like, what sin actually is in the eyes of God.
1: Now, now, here's the other problem. Here's the other problem. You're right about that. Because I, I'm blessed to traffic soundly, across all ethnicities because of the, uh, the abortion miscarriage recovery ministry that I'm the pastor yeah. over.
0: Yeah.
1: And we have all ethnicities, and I'm, and I'm, I'm just, I'm blessed to, to be able to, to minister to people of all ethnicities, mm. and which exposes me to all cultures yeah. and all denominations. Yeah. I can tell you in, in, in the black experience, there, there, there are black pastors And there are black uh, 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 believers who, indeed, have a stain of racism. Mm -hmm. They've experienced it. Uh, The the blessing that I have is, to the extent that I've experienced racism, it hadn't left a stain. Mm -hmm. And so I I couldn't even tell you, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. It's just my my mother raised me to, to understand my identity. And when you understand your identity, when someone, uh, when someone hurts you based on their own preconceived notions of you, mm. that's their problem, right. not yours. Right. And so if, if I experience racism, I see that as something to pray about for them. Right. It doesn't reflect on my identity. Yeah. But in, in, in the black experience, there are, there are people who have experienced racism And they're they're now pastors leading large flocks. And their experience and their pain still resides within them. Hmm. And so when they have an issue or a tool, like critical race theory, which is not about race, Hmm. they they have something that they can use Hmm. to try to excise that demon. Hmm. Why do I call it a demon? They, 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 they use that as an opportunity to excise that demon. Because what's happened is something has taken root in their spirits. What is that? What is that? It's a root that tells them that they, number one, don't have to look inward mm. for their own healing. Mm. Wow. That's number one. That's called victimhood. Yeah. And when you don't have to look inside at your own stuff, mm-hmm. then you're just looking for justice. Right. And the Bible says that God is a God of righteousness and justice. That's right. And they're synonyms. Now, we don't, we don't execute that deeply. Right, right? Right. They, they look the same. <clears throat> and so when you don't look at your own stuff, number one, that's, there's a problem there. Because the Bible says, forgive that your sins may be forgiven. So if you can't get your own stuff in order and get your own healing, it's like a marriage. If you and I had aught, and it was around race, and I blamed you, but I've got a, a history of being mad about what happened to me. And I said, Seth, you did so-and-so, and I think that's racist. And Seth goes and gets counseling. And you fix your own self and you say, Mark, you know what? I've come to the awareness that you're right. And you come back to the relationship. But I'm still dealing with my own pain. And you come back to the relationship whole and healed. Mark, I'm ready to re-engage. Brother, I love you. But I'm still sitting at the table because I haven't done my own healing. Mm, In any relationship, you get individual therapy first. Right. And then you get couples counseling. Mm. Only then... Can you actually deal with the issue
0: right. when
1: you deal with what's happening within yourself? Right. And wow. so to answer your question, we've got a lot of leaders who are leading this, this race idol, right. this race idolatry right. in the culture, right. and they haven't, re, they haven't received their own healing. Right. They're wow. still trading off of what's happened in their past right. and even the past right. in the country. Right. That, by the way, had nothing to do with them. Yeah. Right? But only when we uh, sort of unpack it that way right. and say we've got to look inward and get our own healing and then move toward forgiveness. Forgiveness has a role to play. Right. Nobody That's talks about that. That's right. You can't be complete without unpacking both of those things. We can't have healing wow. in our nation yeah. until you unpack both of those things. Right. Victimhood in this culture has become a currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. And you don't lay down currency. Currency is traded. Yeah. You don't give currency away. Right. A victim who, who, who's operating in victimhood as a currency doesn't lay it down until he's got something to pick up and trade it for. Yeah. So what are we trading victimhood for? Mm. That's the question. Right. It should be traded for real wholeness. Mm. For everyone. Right. Because we're all broken. You know, I think what
0: you said, Mark, is so powerful because it reveals the spiritual battlefield at play. Here's why. Rather than turning to Jesus, to the creator of the universe, to so the one who said there's, no, there's neither Jew nor Greek, That's right. nor slave nor free, but That's all are right. one in Christ Jesus, rather than turning to the gospel as an analytical tool, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. woke preachers, yeah. black or white, yeah. I could give it you plenty of cowardly woke white pastors who are destroying their congregations in the country, rather than turning to the gospel as their worldview or analytical tool, they turn to critical race theory, which is rooted in Marxism, which is rooted in a deconstruction ideology that wants to tear down everything. Why? Because then when everything is chaotic and a mess, you can remake it in your own image. This is why this is an alternative religion. The irony, as I'm sure you'll agree with, Mark, is that the the individual's movement and party that they're looking to for that healing, for that justice, right? for that equity is the very movement that slaughters more black people in two weeks than the KKK lynched in a century. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I mean, if that doesn't show you that this is a spiritual battle, I don't know what will. Really? Woke pastor, you're going to turn towards the Democratic Party, Democratic activists, authors and deacons in the Church of Secular Progressivism who hate God and who believe the preborn child is a non-person, just like Dred Scott said a human but not a person, you're going to turn to that movement to find peace and justice for injustice is done? They're, they're murdering 350,000, 400,000 black people in the womb every year um, but because they've been blinded. Because right? Satan has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so they cannot see the truth.
1: 2 Corinthians chapter 4, <laughs> verse 4. Amen. So That's that right. they won't see the truth. That's right. You, you, are, you are so right. And I have to tell you, Seth, it, it breaks my heart, because the, the second answer to your question, you know, what have we lifted and we're blinded, it's clearly what you just said, which is the issue of life. It's mm. the issue of life. And, and, and the evidence is so clear why the black community is in the condition that it is in. Mm. Because you, you go back to the, uh, before Roe v. Wade, the, the numbers were just the opposite. That's right. Talk between about that. black women and white women. Yeah. The numbers were just the opposite, to the extent they we were even counted. And Margaret Singer comes along with the the help and the leadership of not just black pastors but leaders. Yeah. Adam Clayton Powell, major black figures in the black community. And it started as a movement about poverty. Mm-hmm. And, and and she brought birth control. Because you, you... Too many kids, too expensive. Too many kids, and, and, and for whatever reason, it resonated with these black leaders, including black pastors.
0: Yeah, Clarence Gamble.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Folks who should know better, that we all bear the Imago day of God. Yeah. Now, let me digress for a moment and give a metaphor, because people need to see this maybe in different terms. Mm-hmm. Any time there is a land that is being conquered... The ruler would come in, and I did it when I ran for mayor in Inglewood. The ruler would come in and he would put his image on the land. Hmm. He'd put his image on buildings and edifices and and, and monuments, the new ruler. And he would wipe out the name and image of the prior ruler. Hmm. That's historical. You look at Rome, you look at Egypt. Every ruler would come in. On coins everywhere. on coins everywhere. And even in Egypt today you can see where they where they have taken out certain pharaohs, mm. just completely wiped them out of history. And then in the archives show that you know where where they missed one or two, you know, edifices. Right. But that's a that's a spiritual paradigm. Mm. Because that's what the enemy is doing. He is right wiping out the Imago Day of God from the earth. And we partner with Satan yeah. when we abort our children. We partner with the prince of the age right. who is attempting to wipe out yeah. the real ruler, the, the God, the God, the only God. Right. That's what we do when we partner with the, with the practice of abortion. Right.
0: And Satan's always been behind the killing of babies. He's the dragon in Revelation waiting for Mary to give birth so he can eat the Christ. He's behind the killing of babies by Pharaoh in Egypt and by Herod in Bethlehem. And my my, uh, godfather and mentor, Greg Cunningham, once said Mm. that Satan would kill God if he could, but he can't, so he kills babies because he knows it wounds the heart of God Ah, and hurts the church. You're preaching. Well, this is where you come in and where you've been so faithful for so long is that you, with spiritual eyes that seem to transcend most of the shepherds in the land, have identified for years the stronghold that killing your own child wields on your soul. And also, on the flip side of that, the power in forgiveness, the power in healing, of liberation, of being set free, to be used in the very sphere that you used to hurt to return to where you were wounded and wounded others, namely your own child and the future generations, and to contend for life and liberty in that very same square. Because who is a more powerful voice against the culture of death than the mothers and fathers who have arranged the death of their own children, who now, healed and set free, can stand in the middle of the road of the culture of death with a big sign that says, Stop! Don't do this! And you've identified and been ministering in that stronghold for a long time so why don't you share, Mark, your heart a little bit about how you've worked with the post-abortive men and women in a pastoral capacity, and share with us any stories that you have of how God has used you and the ministries you've worked with
1: in that stronghold. I will. I will. And Seth, you know, I, I got to tell you, just, just listening to you um, and, and listening to the depth from which your questions come, I'm, I'm trying to just not be excited like a pew member, because you're preaching. And I so appreciate what the Lord has put in you. To answer your question, Revelation 12 and 11 says, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and the word of our testimony. Our ministry is is based on the truth of that. That's that's the product. Our ministry is based on Luke 4 and 18. when Jesus was in the, in the synagogue and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Right. I've come to preach the gospel to the poor and you know the rest. Yeah. That's our foundational scripture. But the fruit of what we do is the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. That the Lord allows us to see both in a 15-week Bible study program and a, uh, what we used to call a retreat. And then the retreatants would say, this is not a retreat. <laughs> yeah, this is work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Over, over a weekend. Men and women from 18 years old to 79 years old, Mm -hmm. across Uh, all ethnicities, and I mean all, Uh, and across denominations, atheists, Catholics, Protestants, thats what what I'm referring to. We haven't ministered to Muslims. And Seth, uh, we've seen the Holy Spirit through uh, using the Rachel's Vineyards model of living scriptures walk people, single couples, walk them through an encounter with the Holy Spirit relating to the, 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 the issue of the, 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 the reality of that child and what God right. says about that child and, and what God says about them. Mm-hmm. And we, we use the, the woman caught in adultery and. Yeah and we use the, uh, the Samaritan at the well, and, we, and the Lord just walks them through mm. what he says about mm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in real time, I mean real time, yeah. we see the countenance of these men and women yeah. change from uh, being in bondage and being in shame and, and not really understanding what, what they did yeah. and seeing the Lord free them and set them free from shame and pain, even from miscarriage. Right. Uh, be, because it's the Word. Yeah. It's nothing that we, that we do or say in particular. The, 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 the Lord just uses us to minister and love right. on them in a way that we've had people say, I have been paying counselors for a decade. And I've never been set free yeah. until now. Now here's the testimony. Because the the ministry name is called No Longer Bound. And the vision is is Peter sleep between two soldiers. Mm -hmm. And the angel of the Lord comes and delivers him from from his imprisonment. And he says, get up, quick. (laughs) And the chains fall, and Peter is no longer bound. Right, yeah. That's, that's, that's That's the image. That's the image. And it's for everyone. Yeah, that's powerful. You it's, were
0: sharing that with our congregation. That's
1: right. And it is for... Good, good. That's right. That's right. Hurry! <laughs> because now is your time to be set free. Yeah. But now here's the other testimony. And I love this about what's happened in our ministry. The testimony... Ah. I'm, write, I'm, I'm writing a book now called The Spirit of Abortion. And, 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 and I'm almost through. Uh, but here's why I say it because it's, it's, when you write, it forces you to go deep, oh, right? Yeah. It forces you, uh, and so and so. Your question is really uh, uh, pertinent for me because I, I had to I had to sort of process. Well, what is, what are you saying, Lord, in mm-hmm. the ministry, and what are you saying? What are you doing? Because we've noticed that it's generational. Oh yeah, yeah. You said it a moment ago. It's generational. The work of the Lord is generational, and, and the seed of sin
0: yeah.
1: is generational. That's right. What the enemy is doing through families, uh, for us, as far back as slavery, frankly, but Mar- in this generation, in this season, right. uh, in, in this, no, there's more than this generation, probably three generations yeah. now, what Margaret Sanger was doing, that seed of sin that has gone through our community, black community, Hispanic community, white community. It's not specific, but obviously we've got higher numbers. But it's a seed of sin. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to see the hand of the Lord speaking to the seed Mm -hmm. of sin that has come generationally. And we're able to now see that mother who came through our No Longer Bound program, bring her sister, bring her daughter, bring her husband, and to see marriages restored. They come to us through the portal of abortion and or miscarriage, and then the Lord then allows them to see the other areas of their lives, whether they've been molested, whether, whether they had drug addiction. The, the, there's so many things that, that have happened yeah. in family of origin. That's right. And we've got licensed clinicians that are a part of our program. But, but to, I, I hope I'm answering your question yeah. because there, there, there have been testimonies. Yeah. And it goes back to what I said earlier. When we just stand up and say, Lord, like Isaiah, the prophet said, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. It's a dangerous prayer. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But when we, when we submit ourselves, by the way, because we're not here for any reason other than mm. to glorify the Lord and to spread the gospel by creating disciples of nations.
0: That's
1: right. All the other stuff we do, me as a lawyer, all the other stuff we do yeah. is secondary and tertiary to why we're really here. That's and right. when we forget mm. that we're here for that purpose, to glorify God, and to spread the gospel by making disciples of nations. When we when we forget that, right. then we're lost. That's right. I said to my ministry, I said, if 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 I if I am not here to do that, mm. then he just needs to take me. Mm. Wow. Because nothing else has purpose. That's right.
0: Yeah. And yet we've been we've been praying for revival, right, in our land, pastors. Christians have been praying for revival. They're disgruntled with the American political process and everything that we see happening in our country. And yet, in Psalm 106, we just seem to be um, repeating Psalm 106, Mark, which says, uh, towards the end of Psalm 106, God tells the Israelites, you sacrificed your sons and daughters to demons. So then it says, the land was desecrated with blood. And so, Mm -hmm. I give you over to be ruled by those who hate you so that those who oppress you rule over you. The end of Psalm 106 is literally God saying, because you have murdered your own babies to Satan, I'm done, God has left the building, and I give you over to be ruled by those who hate you. Does that feel like maybe where we're at in our cultural and political moment? (laughs) Have we ever felt more oppression and discrimination against the church from the government. Well, in other countries, of course, of course, of course but not course, in America, not like we've seen in the last year and a half or two years or decade, right? The assault against the church, right? Because God will not bless a people, a country, or his own people, the bride, who allow this and who participate in it. And you minister to many of those men and women. We know that over 30% of women who obtain abortions identify as Protestant Christians who attend church at least once a week. Yeah. multiple no, no. times a month Belie- and so we're, we're, we're reaping what we've sowed which is bloodshed we've reaped it in the womb and now we're sowing it in the streets a country built on the bodies of murdered children and one political party yeah. literally built on the bodies of those murdered That's right. children That's right. um, cannot be trusted to steward anything else and cannot be trusted to protect any other right that flows from that first and most important of all rights life
1: life life you're, you're absolutely right Um, the answer to your question is yes Um, and um, it it is a um, it's a harsh reality this is a new season for the church Hmm. in this nation yeah in my opinion and I liken it to when the the pre-incarnate Christ met Abraham Hmm. two angels and the pre-incarnate Christ and Abraham takes a walk with God towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. And, and Abraham, out of relationship with God, is told what's about to come. Mm. I'm going somewhere with this. Come on. I believe it's Genesis 18. I believe. Don't quote me on this. But they're walking. And he's negotiating with God. And you know the story. And he says, he says, if there are 50, will you spare them? For your sake, <laughs> right. I'll spare them. And then he goes all the way down, I believe, to 10. Right. And, and, and and when I find myself in that text, and, and, and anytime I read the scriptures, I, I do what's called scripture observation application in prayer, soap. Yeah. So I'm trying to now apply it to where we are today. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask myself, number one, what is the bride's relationship to the groom Mm -hmm. in this season? Right. See, Israel was led off into captivity because it was following uh, the, the, the false prophets. It was following... Those leaders yeah. who were worshipping Baal. Right. That's right. And they were led off into captivity. There's an application of that to your question. Yep. And then and then and then so 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 Abraham is negotiating with God because he had relationships. So the first rhetorical question is: what is the relationship? between the bride and the groom. Mm-hmm. Now, we know, we, we know what the word says, that he's coming for the bride. We, we know where it's going. But in this season, what is the relationship? Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, uh, he's negotiating because Lot, his nephew, is in Sodom. Right. He's negotiating because he, he wants to save his, his family.
0: Right.
1: When we look out across the land, The question must be asked, what do we have to negotiate with God for? Hmm. We have slaughtered the innocent. We find ourselves in Psalms 103. We we have slaughtered the innocent. Why would he spare us? It's a fair question. Now, we can get theological, and get into the text, and exegete, and talk about the remnant, and, and all of that. Right. But the question still remains, why would he spare us? Hmm. And, and, and I try to have hope when, I, when I'm ministering. I, I always want to minister hope. I'm not a prophet of doom. Yeah. But the question must be asked, why would he spare us? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I leave it there. I believe there's a remnant, I believe there's hope, I believe that the Lord, uh, it, uh, the, the text is clear, that he's yeah. coming for his church. So we, we know that there will be a remnant, because he's not coming back for nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Right? Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I war for uh, the, the church to wake up, because I'm not sure that what's left of what we have allowed to happen, at least in this nation,
0: yeah
1: how we have allowed the Savior and the mention of, of his work to be, to be snatched from the culture and from the public square, yeah. and how we have dismantled biblical marriage, the fence that he gave us to protect right. the family, That's right. and what has happened with our children, the next generation, the Imago Dei. I don't know how much we have, Seth, to bargain with God for.
0: Well, that leaves us with the P, I guess. Prayer. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent Turn. of their sins. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal, heal their, their, land. their land. And boys, is our land in some need of healing because it's desecrated with blood. It is. And now we're, we're, um, we're reaping it at, uh, in the streets as well for everything that we've sown into the culture, which has been a lot of bloodshed. Um, well, America is uh, in need of revival. But I appreciate your heart about centering the gospel as the focal point of everything. We don't engage for ourselves. We don't engage because we just want the pleasure of feeling like we won something for ourselves or our own pride. We don't engage because we're conservatives and it's the right thing to do. Uh, we engage because we've been commanded to. We engage because someone spoke up for us yeah. when we were utterly incapable of doing that. Yeah, that's so, right. As I tell churches a lot who are not awakened yet on the issue of abortion, Mark, I say, if Christ spoke up for us when we were utterly incapable of doing so, he's our advocate who pleads our case before the Father, an advocate is someone who speaks up for someone That's else. exactly right. How could we not speak up for the preborn child who are literally unable to speak up for themselves? So you see, pro-life resistance to the culture of death is simply the correct response of the heart to the gospel. So this this flows out of the gospel. And really, your 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 goal and your commandment is the Great Commission. You can't let the culture burn around you and say, I'm just called to preach the gospel. I think sure. of the parable of the Good Samaritan. A man's laying on the side of the road bleeding out. Luke's gospel says he's half dead. Yeah. And a Levite and a priest walk by, pastors, they walk by on the other side of the road. They're busy. they go to go prep their sermon at the synagogue. The Good Samaritan sees the bleeding victim. And according to many woke pastors, what he should do is lean over to that guy half dead, Mark, and say, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. <laughs> But he bandages his wounds. He cares for him. He takes him to an inn. He nurses him back to health. You know, it's more, you don't, if you just preach the gospel while you allow the little ones to be slaughtered, indoctrinated with sex ed, have their genitalia chopped off because they played with a Sally doll once and their elementary school public teacher told them that, that they must be the other gender, because that, uh, that's not preaching the gospel. That's just political engagement. Then you have a truncated gospel that you've created in your own image in order to increase your tithing and get the accolades of of men or the crumbs from the table of the state religion of secular progressivism. This is an alternative, warring spirituality and religion, not an alternative politics, which is why I love what you have to say about the lie of the Johnson Amendment of the separation of church and state, because politics is simply a sticker that they slap onto their bigotry in order to keep the pastors silent, because they know the pastors are so afraid of being labeled political.
1: They're so afraid, and the lie of the enemy, is that not only are should you be afraid of the state, but you are powerless. Hmm. I saw five pastors stand up in Illinois uh, when we were fighting uh, same-sex marriage, hmm. and it died immediately. Wow. When the church stands up, they just, they, they, they have bought the lie. That's right. That, they, that, they're, that they're powerless. They, they, the enemy has, has wrapped and warped their minds and their hearts. And you said it right, you said it right. I have a friend up in Sacramento. He was standing for righteousness when Obama was running and he stood for what was true. Mm. And he lost half his church. Wow. And it has been restored to him today. Not surprised. Because we have to stand just for what's true. And leave the results to God. And, and, And if we are preaching Around the offering plate. That's right. If we if we if we get up and we prepare our sermon, which is called a secret sensitive sermon, then you you don't deserve the right mm-hmm. to stand wow. on behalf of God. That's right. We are charged with preaching the whole council. I'm going to
0: finish with a Martin Luther quote and then I want you to send off our listeners with your second Kings call to action with Elisha and uh, that there's more of us. I want you to finish with that. Martin Luther, and maybe it's attributed to him. Let me be fair. It's attributed to him. Um, He says, If if I profess with the loudest voice in clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God, in other words, if I'm a great preacher and I can wax and wane theological and I can unpack the gospel, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if I profess with the loudest voice every portion of the truth of God except precisely that point mark at which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking then I am not confessing Christ however boldly I may be professing Christianity where the battle rages there the loyalty of the soldier is proven and to be steady on every battlefield besides is mere flight and disgrace if he flinches at that one point And the one point at which the world and the devil are the most vehemently attacking and vehemently sending the majority of his troops and demons is on the battlefield of abortion. And the shepherds who are supposed to protect the sheep flinch and fold like a cheap suit in order to avoid the label politics. Well, if standing for the genocide of baby image bearers makes me a political hack, I guess I'm a political hack. And I'll accept that definition from the culture in order to stand for truth. So that's my call to action. Why don't you fire Wild. up our listeners, give, give people some, some words of encouragement mm. to share with their congregants, their pastors, who um, are that, that flinching shepherd Absolutely. who allow the killing of babies. And I love what you said at our congregation on 2 Kings when you, you preached your no yeah. weapons
1: sermon. Ah, I love it. And what you just said also reminds me of what Tozer said. As he speaks to pastors mm. and he says, as you lift up the word of God, if your thoughts are anything but preaching the whole council, then you don't deserve to stand. Mm. Wow. And 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 so where where, where where the enemy and the culture meet, uh, I love that point that you describe. And I'm gonna get to 2 Kings. Uh, but in that, in that, in that at that point, ah uh, I I see that that these preachers need to see that point and they need to be taking the symbol, if not the cross itself. <laughs> and putting it right in that point. Mm. Because for us, that's the meeting point. Yeah, Like the serpent, look up, you shall be healed. That's right. that That's what we should be. Uh, like a nail in the hand, we should be nailing the cross right in that point. Right. And instead, we're fleeing away. Yeah. And we're fleeing away because of what the culture has said to our leaders mm-hmm. and even to our non-leaders, who the, right. the folks who, who are the ministers of the gospel, but they're not leading. And it's the fear that has been placed The cancel culture fear, and to go along to get along. And so here's what I want to say to them, that they need to take up the gospel, and they need to understand uh, the lessons that that the Lord has given us Mm -hmm. for such a time as this. He's given us something to hold on to and to remember how mighty is our God. He's given us something to hold on to and to read it and digest it and eat of it. Yeah. And to recall how mighty mm-hmm. is our God. The, the right. God uh, of Elijah and the God of Eli- and the God of Elisha yeah. is the same God today.
0: Amen. Yesterday, today.
1: And tomorrow. They need to remember that. Yeah. Because there's nothing else more important. Because we are ambassadors of the kingdom. That's right. We are not of this world, we're in it. And when we're ambassadors, we have an assignment. That's right. And the assignment is not to appease the culture.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) And if that means that we have to stand and preach the gospel and not get a dime Mm. on Sunday, then so be it.
0: That's right.
1: Because we're going to be held accountable for preaching the gospel.
0: That's right.
1: And so and so Gehazi, the servant of the prophet Elisha wakes up one morning in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 14-15, and he sees the remnant of the power and the gift of the prophet who was telling the king of Israel where he should go and where he should not go <laughs> in order to avoid an encounter with the king of Syria. Right, right. Now, there's a word there. You've got to protect yourself. There's a word there. There's a word there. right? Right. That prophetic gift, I pray. I pray the Lord uh, increase that prophetic gift today Mm -hmm. in this season because people need to hear what thus saith the Lord about the King of Syria which is a a metaphor for what's happening with moral relativism in the culture right now today.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's a weapon. Right. And we need to be we need to be uh, uh, mindful of how to attack just to stand against the weapons in the culture.
0: That's
1: right. Wow. And so, and so, and so Gehazi says, Master, Master, I, I see uh, all around us the horses and the chariots of the enemy. Right. The enemy, the enemy. A metaphor for abortion. Mm. Uh, that's a demonic weapon yeah. against the, against the imago De of God in the culture. It's a weapon. And he says, Master, I see all around us a weapon, horses and chariots. Mm-hmm. And Elisha, who is in good relationship with the Father. Yeah. We talked about relationship. He's in good relationship with the Father. I love it. I love it. And he, I can hear him giggling. I can, hear him, I can just hear him giggling. Mm-hmm. And he says, Oh, Lord, let let him, let him see what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, He prays to the Lord and he says, open his eyes. Ah, and instantly is what I get from the text. The Lord opened the eyes of Elisha's servant Gehazi and and voila. He was transported visually into the heavenlies. Mm -hmm. And he saw horses and chariots of fire all around. And Elisha I could just hear him sort of giggling. <laughs> and he repeated that text in Roman Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. He said, There are more of us, Gehazi, than there are of them. Mm. Now, if I have a moment, if I have a, just 30 come seconds, uh, what I love, what follows in that text is the reality that the culture will come near. Mm. The culture will come near. The text says, And the enemy came down. To Elisha. Right. And 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 then Elisha prayed again. Elisha prayed again and he said, Lord, blind them. Mm. And the Lord blinded the enemy. Wow. And Elisha led them right into uh, Samaria, into Israel. And the king says to Elisha, should I kill them? And Elisha says no, You should love them. And so the king set a banquet and he sent them home after they received their sight and they never warred against Israel again. There's a message there. (laughs) There's a message there because in our fighting, in our warring, we have to understand, one, the God that we serve and we have to understand the power that we have through him to save the culture and to save the land.
0: Well, there's your California politician, remember, who calls
1: you. Now we've come full circle. <laughs> there's truth in that text. Amen. And so I want I want people to be encouraged that it, they, they got to actually stand. It, it, the text didn't say Elisha ran. Yeah, yeah. The enemy came down to Elisha. Right. And he prayed. Hmm. And the Lord responded in the physical. Yeah. It didn't say he blinded them physically. As I unpacked the, the word blind in, the, in, 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 in Luke 4 and 18, when, when it says Jesus came to recover sight to the blind, mm. that word in the Greek, we're in Hebrew now, but the word in Greek in the New Testament meant physically blind and mentally blind. Mm. Wow. The Lord did something where they didn't understand that they were actually where they wanted to be. <laughs> And Elisha led them off to Samaria. Wow! There's power in that text. And we we have power. Mm. We walk in authority and power. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 that he called his disciples and he gave them power Mm. and authority to walk in the messianic ministry. Mm. So I need for those who are listening and watching to understand that the fight that you and I have to stand against the wiping out of the Amargo Day in the land yeah. is not in vain, Amen. because we are walking right. with an assignment from Jesus Christ, and wow. and the assignment is infused with power and authority. That's right. And to not give up the fight, because in due season we'll reap right. if we faint not.
0: That's right. Amen. Amen to be his witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. Amen. Pastor Mark, why don't you uh, share with people where people can connect with you, um, your new ministry, which you just launched in 2020, as well as with abortion healing. Where can people connect with you, follow you, to get encouraged to stand?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that, Seth. And thank you again for having me with you. What a blessing. I'm praying for your ministry. I'm praying for your voice. And I'm praying that you continue to walk in authority. Mm. Continue. I didn't say start, (laughs) continue to walk in authority and power because people are watching you. And as you shine against darkness as salt and light, and light in particular, people will be encouraged as they see the light that you shine, shining against darkness, and the darkness won't understand it. I can be reached at cure-action.com cure-action.com Awesome. I do Instagram which is real Mark T. Little the most Perfect. I've given up on Facebook and Twitter because <laughs> they'll be gone soon enough <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and for anyone who uh, is interested in abortion and miscarriage recovery uh, we're very uh, deliberate and not making that ministry about individuals so yeah. you won't see my name or my face on no longer bound ministry.org no longer bound ministry.org but if they're in need of 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 help in that area and i know godspeak does a great job too
0: yeah
1: Uh, but but many of us can be in that in the vineyard helping people uh, uh, really be restored and we should do that so no longer dot ministry.org and cure action. Amen. .com.
0: Amen. Well, we want we want their ashes to create a beautiful mural, um, as a fragrant aroma of truth, life, and liberty in a culture of death that is so confused that it has to slaughter its own children to yes. pursue freedom and liberty. So, Pastor Mark, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you continue to contend. We're praying for you. You, we love you, brother. You blessed our congregation and and me so much. So, um, and we'll have you back on for the new book.
1: Please, please, I'll see you again soon. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Well, thank you guys for
0: tuning in today. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps us reach more people. Connect with Pastor Mark Little. Follow him on any platform you can find him. Book him to speak at a local event if you have any. He's been contending and faithful and standing in the public square. Um, for so long, and is such an encouragement to so many of us. Um, if you want to watch the show visually, head over to YouTube and subscribe. If you want to book me for an event or uh, follow my newsletter, go to SethGruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy E-R.com to sign up for my newsletter to book me for an event. My 2021 calendar is almost full, or to see my speaking schedule if you want to hear me come speak live and local. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs>